This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to my live show. I'm Jane Ritter, and this is The Morning Break. This morning we'll be talking to Nikki Joseph in Australia, and it's going to be a really enjoyable morning. I'm really looking forward to it. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, and from a very, very cloudy and grey morning, um, it's lovely to see you tuning in and listening to, to me this morning. Um, this morning I am speaking to a really, really special person and I'm very, very excited about talking to Nikki. Um, but before we do that, I suppose I should really introduce myself um, because this is my first show. Um, my name is Jane Ritter, and I'm coming to you from Naples in Italy. Uh, you can probably tell that I'm not Neapolitan, um, I'm not Italian, I am Australian, and I am an English language teacher here in Naples. I do quite a lot of different things. I teach children, that's my, my prime love. Um, I also teach university students, and I do quite a lot of teacher training and examiner training. And um, that's, um, that's my area. And I hope through this radio show to introduce you to a lot of other interesting people who are in this, um, in this industry. I can see Harry's here. He's one of them. Um, lovely to see you all this morning. Um, I'm just looking for my guest. Um, yeah, let me just see, uh, where is that you? Um, hello, Nori. Um, okay. I'm going to just try and see if this is Nikki. Um, I hope it is you, Nikki. Hello. Nikki, is that you? Okay. Oh, I think, hello. Please, do for me. Um, um, I'm really, really sorry. It is my first radio show, and I'm, I promise it will all go really, really smoothly from now on. That was, um, that was really. Oh, I'm so lucky it was you. <laughs> what an entrance! Oh, it is. Oh, and I just had a nice message from Harry saying, "I know that feeling. Um, it's done. It's done." Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Um, I was, uh, Tom's just said, <laughs> he's, he's having a laugh. I think they all know what this is like. Um, 
Nikki, uh, it's so lovely to to hear from you or to speak to you. I know it's very late for you in Australia, and um, I thank you so much for staying up um, to chat to me. Um, for those of you who don't know Nikki Joseph, um, apart from being a wonderful, wonderful human being, she's also extremely talented. Um, she does everything. She <laughs> is um, she's a a teacher first and foremost and from that she has gone on to become a trainer an examiner writer um an examiner trainer um an examiner i assume as well mm -hmm. um she is a materials writer and developer a training course developer nikki um is there anything that you can't do <laughs> um Maybe not. No, no. Of course, there are things <laughs> I can't do. Of course, there are things. There are also things that I'm not as good at doing now as maybe I was, you know, 20 years ago. Um, it all depends on what you're actually doing at the moment, I think, mm. uh, and what you get good at. Um, tell me a little bit about um, about your journey. How how did you start out in in ELT? Um, yeah, so the, exactly that, a journey. Um, I wanted to go very far away um, and I applied for a job. It was in the days, for anybody listening who still remembers The Guardian on Tuesday um, at the EFL section, um, and there was a job advertised in Brazil and I applied for the job and I got it and my parents took me to the interview and then the couple who, were, who ran the school who were in um, the UK wanted to meet my parents as well. Um, and yeah, and then I went. They wanted again. to meet your parents. <laughs> they did. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know, because this is pre-internet, it's pre-email, um, it was letters, it was Brazil. You know, the world is a smaller place now. I sound very old. Um, but times were different. Um, and, you know, I think my dad had, had done some business with somebody in Brazil, but that was the only connection um, they had with Brazil. So, yeah, so it was, it was really good. It was a really good start. And, yeah, so um, I went to Brazil for a year and I worked. Um, I did the C-Tefla and then I went to Brazil. And it was then C-Tefla. I think I have, one of, yeah. I have yeah. one of them too. We're showing our, we're showing our age. I know. It's not good, is it? It's not good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, so I worked in Brazil um, for a year and it was fantastic. So that was my first um, experience of English language teaching. Did you have languages when you, when you left? Did you... So I did French and Spanish at school mm. um, and I'd, I'd done Latin at university as well and I'd been in Italy for a summer and we've got family friends in Italy and so I spoke a bit of Italian and so when I got to Brazil, <laughs> I was able to kind of convert my Italian into Brazilian Portuguese um, because nobody spoke English except um, the school owners and... Wow. Um, the high level students, yeah. yeah. Wow, and you stayed there for a year? Yep. yep. And then? <laughs> and then um, I went back to the UK and then got a job at International House in Chieri, um, which is just outside Turino in Piemonte, Italy. 
and I don't think it's an IH school anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, but that, and I was there for two years, and that mm. was a really, really good experience. That was um, kind of the full, um, yeah, IH experience of lots of training and encouragement. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that's probably when I first got really, really interested in young learners. I went to a British Council conference in Bologna. Um, well, I remember the British Council conferences. They were um, yeah, right. They were great. And I saw you know I saw some amazing people give amazing um, sessions and the, you know things to do in the classroom, and it was just it was fantastic. It was so inspiring. Um, how, yeah, how amazing. And then, <laughs> so then after two years, then I went back to the UK and I worked at IH Hastings and I did the D Tefla. And I, so that was, you know, pre Delta as well. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, I did a, we had to do a project of some sort and I did it on young learners. Um, so you were the pioneer of the one of, of the, yeah the oh, delta the delta module for young learners. Which yeah, there you go. I, yeah. I don't think many people actually. I, I don't know that a lot of people know that when they do a delta, they can actually choose to specialize in young learners. Um, it's quite um, an important thing for people who are planning on on going on to do delta that, that yeah, they know absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's really important um, because it's a great opportunity to, you know, really focus on young learners, um, which, as we know, is completely different to adults. And probably what most people will end up teaching as well. I think when you do a CELTA and you you learn with adults, although there's a lot that you can transfer, um, a lot you do actually need specific so young learners so training. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so much. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you wish you'd known when you started on your on your ELT journey? Um, I don't know. I'm not really a believer in you know wanting to see into the future. Um, Maybe, um, I don't know, is there anything I'd known? No, because I, I don't really think I would have done anything particularly differently. You know, oh. I've had, I've, you know, this is a fantastic industry in the sense that there are so many different things you can do within it. Um, you know, maybe lots of people start off as a teacher, but then you can become a teacher trainer, you can be an examiner. You can be a school owner. You can be a director of studies. You can there's so much. You can go into publishing um, and that whole world of editing and copy editing and um, you know. And there's and I've probably not mentioned. There's probably others that I've missed out. But there's lots and lots of different things. So I'm not sure that there's anything I wish I'd known um, before I started. Um, no, I don't think so. Really. I tend to, I tend to agree with you. Um, it is, um, it's a fantastic industry, and it's also, I think, maybe we can talk about this in in a in a bit. But I think through COVID, it's actually become mm. a very. Um, a, it, we're all quite well connected, and but we're also very, we're very very nice to each other. Um, it's not a harsh mm. or competitive um, environment. It's you know, pe- teachers or teachers, ELT teachers supporting ELT teachers. Definitely. Definitely. Your, it's a yeah. very, very 
supportive community. Yeah. You're in Australia. Do you want to tell us? Yeah. I mean, I am where I, I, I'm sort of envious of where you live because it's such a, an amazing <laughs> place. I mean, um, can you just tell us a little bit about where you live? Yeah, so I live in the hinterland of um, Byron Bay, um, which is in the northeast of the state of New South Wales. And so it's on the east coast um, of Australia. Yeah. Amazing. And it's, uh, one of my neighbours is Chris Hemsworth as well. Just so, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. Um, Australians, I mean, my family were quite critical of um of the Byron Bay setup, if any, if, for those of you listening who don't know, apparently it was the place where sort of movie stars snuck off to have um, luxurious quarantines in in Byron mm. Bay villas, and I think um, I certainly know one of my friends um, has a has an eighteen year old son who was put into quarantine in a hotel room for two weeks with a single bed and no windows. Um, and obviously they had to pay for that. Um, mm. So the idea of, of people sort of working around the COVID rules and, and ending up in a luxurious villa is, um, <laughs> is pretty depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. tell, tell me a bit about what happens in, in... I know. It's not for everybody. <laughs> what happens in Byron Bay? So, well, because I live in the hinterland, um, so that's, you know, like 40 minutes um, from the coast. Um, but Byron Bay, Byron Bay. Um, so, you know, you mentioned COVID. So the, there were two language schools in um, Byron Bay. Um, oh. So Australia has been really badly hit by um, COVID um, simply because our international borders have been closed. And so students haven't been able to come in. Um, so in normal times, and we hope the borders are open soon, um, it's buzzing with students um, who come for maybe 12-week course or three months or maybe six months or maybe a year. Really? Um, and then after, yeah. Um, How amazing. So, yeah, because it's, it's a fantastic place, you know, especially mm. if you live in Switzerland where, you know, there is no sea around, you know. So um, Australia really is all about the surf and, well, it's not just, but it's a big attraction. The beaches are fantastic. Um, I know. So, yeah, so that's that's Byron Bay. And um Lots of good food, um, healthy, healthy living, yoga. Um, yeah, very, very outdoors. Um, you know, it's subtropical, so it's lovely um, mm. temperature-wise, yeah. Amazing, yeah. I mean, I have a, a very, very vague recollection of the last time I was in Byron Bay, which was a very long time ago, but just looking out to sea and seeing the dolphins and oh, yeah, just, um, yeah. it's just a really, really special place. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> you have quite a few um, animals, I believe. Yes, I do. Ooh. I do. I've got chickens. I've got horses. Uh, I've got cats. And I've got a dog. Um, and living in Australia, I also have snakes. Visit, <laughs> but they're not pets. Um, but I definitely have a different relationship to snakes that I did when I first came here. Um, so as Europeans, we're, you know, we're brought up to be very scared of snakes and they're horrible and um, disgusting. And, but in fact, they're, they're fine as long as you don't, you know, frighten them, which is like any animal, 
exactly right? yeah. children as well really <laughs> you just need to be respectful um. definitely i mean i um i we learned obviously from a very young age to walk and make a lot of noise when we're mm. doing so just to kind of mm. warn people about um mm. or warn snakes that we are coming so they're not frightened mm. and if they keep out yeah, everyone, we've all got a space on this earth, I think. And yeah, um, it's just important to let them know you're there and not to frighten them because that's when yeah. um, things go wrong. Yeah, I mean, that really is one of the things I love about living in Australia and living where I do is the wildlife. Um, so I have, you know, parrots flying around. Um, so lorikeets, um, galahs, um and there are echidnas, so they're an Australian hedgehog, if you like, but they're not yeah. a hedgehog. They're different, <laughs> as you know. Um, platypus, um, kangaroos, not, there aren't that many kangaroos or wallabies here. Um, but, yeah, and koalas, there aren't that many koalas in this part. Um, where okay. I live. But, um, yeah. And then frogs, green tree frogs. You know, I could go on forever. We could have a show. I've got, I've got a question. <laughs> we could do that one, yeah. Um, we've got a question from Noreen, um, mm. and she wants to know what your thoughts, what are your thoughts on spiders? Now, that's really interesting. So um, I actually don't mind spiders, and there are some big ones here. They're called huntsman spiders, and they're big, and they've got very hairy legs, but they actually don't do anything. Um, so they don't have a venomous bite. Mm. Um, and we don't have funnel spiders here. So funnel spiders are a completely different story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are very dangerous spiders. Um, so my thoughts on spiders are, like snakes really, be respectful and probably stay away. Um, well, let them do their thing. We were always, I was always brought up to be, my mum and dad always said, you know, they're good spiders, mm. they eat mosquitoes, um, yeah, and <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite, I think, huntsmen in particular are really sweet. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Harry's just said, it's the little ones you need to be careful of. Yes, yeah, so the, true. yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the red backs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Harry... <laughs> okay um right um let, let me let's get back to um to the to the elt industry because i think a mm. lot of people it, it has been at a standstill so what have teachers in australia been doing so that's a you know that's a really good question um so we had government support um for some teachers, um, for other teachers, there was nothing, um, depending on, you know, uh, how they were employed. Um, so, you know, kind of nearly two years later, um, a lot of teachers have moved into different industries and are doing different things. They've left mm -hmm. what we call here Elikos. Um, and then others are, you know, kind of ready to go and welcome those first students back. So it's not completely um, dead, um, but we are really looking forward to welcoming students back. Definitely. Just for um, perhaps people who don't, um, I'm, I'm not very good with... Um, with a, 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 a Elikos. What does Elikos stand for? Oh, I, I knew, you know, I knew you were going to ask this. Uh, English, 
English language. Is, oh, maybe get back to you on that. So. Okay, yeah. But okay. it is it's the is it is the organisation that that basically involves English language teaching for international students yeah, from overseas, exactly. maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, English lang okay English language intensive courses for overseas students. Thank you. And Google. that can be <laughs> oh wow, and that can be any age. Yeah. Yeah, so normally um, I'd say, so I've been in Australia for um, 11 years. I'd say mm, most students are 18 and over. Some, though, are maybe 16 and join schools. Um, so do the last two years of school um, in a high school. Yeah. Um, and then there are also some study tours that come. So um, maybe accompanied by their parents. Um, okay. And so, and then, you know, and they're children. Um, so it could be 10, 11, 12 years age. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. And um, we'll, we'll, maybe I should ask you, um, we should go back to your journey because we've sort of stopped, we've stopped in Italy, but I okay. know that you, you've been um, to a lot of other places. Mm. Um, maybe we should just have a quick, advertisement break okay. and and then um we'll come back and and continue with nikki joseph's journey okay just a quick break need support with your phonics teaching did you know oxford university press now has three dfe validated programs to help you read write ink phonics floppies phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, Visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Okay, um, we are back. I've just had a big slug of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Harry has just sent him a shake. Yeah, ads working on the first show. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, goodness me. There's a lot to, um, a lot to learn, but it's great fun. Um, okay, so Nikki, we are in Turin. So mm. you then moved back to, back to Hastings and did your Delta. I did and did the Delta, yeah. And then I went to Portugal. And I remember distinctly there was a choice of a, six months in Portugal or six months in Spain because it was January time. And I thought, okay, I'll go to Portugal for six months and then I will go to Spain. And I never went. I stayed in Portugal for nearly 20 years. <laughs> so. <laughs> so 20 years in Portugal. Yeah, in Lisbon. Yeah, yeah. And um, tell me about your, your job there or your, your career yeah, there, really, because so it's... Yeah, that was really... Um, yeah, I guess that's, you know, where I've um, done most, obviously done most work. Um, so I worked for a small language school in um, a suburb of Lisbon. And it was run again by a husband and wife team. And 
um, there was a French teacher and a German teacher um, and we had Portuguese lessons. Um, wow. So now I was having to learn um, Portuguese, European Portuguese, um, as opposed to the Brazilian, which I'd also forgotten because I'd been in Italy for two years and become fluent in Italian. Um, but anyway, so this was a fantastic um, job for me. Um, and I was asked if I wanted to be director of studies at the end of six months. And that's why I stayed, um, because it was a fantastic opportunity. So the director of studies left and I became director of studies and uh, so that was yeah super really great fantastic and um tell me about the area that you lived in mm. in lisbon mm. so um i lived in a in a suburb which um somebody once um said to me uh, it's working class nikki that's where you are working class and yeah, it was. Um, but the most fantastic thing about it was that, um, again, I found myself in a situation where very few people actually spoke um, English. And so I had to learn Portuguese um, really fast. Um, and that was fantastic. I, and I've always found that to be a very, very um, enjoyable experience to learn, um, you know, the language and make friends um, with the local community. It sounds a bit trite, I know, but um, yeah, that's just how I felt. And so it was, it was lovely. So it wasn't in Lisbon. Um, it was in the outskirts of Lisbon. Mm. I mean, now that you can go by metro from Lisbon city centre to um, this place, but you couldn't then. Um, and yeah, and then I had the most fantastic experience um, because then we decided to introduce English into primary schools. And that was um, a huge project. Um, yeah, massive. No, there, are, there are lots of, lots of schools in, in, I mean, Lisbon yeah. is a very big city, isn't it? It is, and um, we were one of the first schools to, um, to do that. And so it involved um, meeting um, schools, um, convincing them that it was a good idea to um, have English, um, organizing parents' meetings to explain to parents why English was a good thing for their children to be doing after school. Um, yeah, and recruiting teachers. And so then, you know, there was the finding the children, um, the parents, and then recruiting the teachers for um, the job. Uh, and how did yeah. you recruit teachers? Because So um, I w I've went to London um, and held interviews in a hotel in London over three or four days. Um, yeah, lots and lots of interviews. Um, and that's still um, advertising in the... Um, <laughs> in the Guardian. I'm in the Guardian. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, was nice. actually... I, I got my um, my teaching job in in Naples at the British Council. Um, it was it was it was through they would advertise through the Guardian, um, mm. but that in that particular year they also um, did a report on um, on mafia in in Naples. It's actually called the Camorra, but um, <laughs> they 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 ran a, um, an article in the Guardian on um, on murders <laughs> <laughs> and 
they got the numbers wrong. So all the people who had applied <laughs> to come, I think that it was it was something like it should have been 60, but they reported it as, as 660 um, ah. deaths. And so um, all the people who had applied for jobs in Naples withdrew <laughs> their um, expressions of interest <laughs> immediately. And and so I was, I was – it was usually you wouldn't get a full-time contract until you had the Delta. And I was mm. doing – the delta and they said would you like a contract and I was like <laughs> yes please um but it was it was just that Fantastic. particular year um the right place at the right time <laughs> but that's but isn't that so often the case being in the right I, place at the right time I think um, so yes yeah I think so anyway tell me more you you would go to the UK you'd recruit teachers and yeah. bring them yeah, and um, do some training um, as well um, because they were going to go into Portuguese primary schools. And, you know, kind of come, it's a bit of a theme, you know, not speaking English, but, you know, really <laughs> the teachers didn't speak um, Portuguese and the people in the schools that they would be dealing with certainly didn't speak English. They might have spoken <laughs> a bit of French um, because that was the language that was taught in Portugal for these people that were now maybe 40, 50 years old looking after mm. children after school um and yeah it was it was big and you know as as i was saying the other day um you know teachers would travel on public transport buses um pre-mobile phones yeah the things we used to do <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. so you're printing out maps and things like that <laughs> instructions yeah, to get to places I, yeah, we, yeah we did absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. lots of maps lots of maps <laughs> shortcuts yeah I, I sometimes look at I mean I look at my kids now and they do I mean they would never think to look at a map um, no. because they've got everything on their phones they know how yeah, to get places yeah. Okay, no, Nikki. What I'm going to do is I'm going to we're going to we're going to stay in Portugal. I'm going mm -hmm. to play the news, so we'll have okay. about a five minute break, and um, we'll see you back here. Sounds good. Okay. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Ofsted have highlighted the worrying fact that lockdown has resulted in significantly lower levels of social care referrals. According to Robert Halfin, Chairman of the Commons Education Committee, 100,000 ghost children failed to return to school following last year's closures and were at risk of abuse. The Ofsted report states that nearly all children have fallen behind in their education due to COVID-19 and emphasises the importance of attendance for the education and welfare of pupils. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman called for a proper register of children who aren't attending school. She said there's a whole range of reasons why people are in that category and I don't believe that we really know who those children are, where they're being educated and who's taking responsibility for it. What's worrying is that we simply don't have a handle we don't really know who's in that list of children who are particularly vulnerable to abuse and neglect. 
A report written by 40 academics called The Child of the North has drawn attention to huge inequalities between children who grow up in the north of England and the rest of the country. The report has set out 18 recommendations to tackle the problem, including more investment in welfare, health and social care systems, and increasing child benefits by £10 per child. A Department for Education spokesperson said, Our ambitious recovery plan continues to roll out across the country, with £5 billion invested in high-quality tutoring, world-class training for teachers and early years practitioners, additional funding for schools and extending time in colleges by 40 hours a year. We are supporting the most disadvantaged, vulnerable or those with the least time left in education, wherever they live, to make up for learning lost during the pandemic. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Steve Woods and this is Two Minute Tech. Shortcuts are key combinations that allow tasks to be performed faster. You may be familiar with Ctrl-C for copy and V for paste. Here's one that may just change your life. Did you know there's a shortcut for bookmarking a web page? When browsing the internet, you can quickly bookmark a page by holding down Ctrl and pressing D. If on a Mac, it's Command and D. Once you press this key combination, you're presented with the option to save the page into your bookmarks. Now, that might not be the most earth-shattering revelation in your use of tech, but let's add a little more to the mix with an additional three-key combination. Hold Ctrl, Shift and press B. You can also now show and hide your bookmarks bar. On this bar, you can park your most common bookmarks. Again, on a Mac, replace Control with the Command key, Command, Shift and B. The bookmarks bar can speed things up and you can arrange about 10 bookmarks by dragging them around. Now let's apply this to teaching and improving efficiency. Do you use multiple websites in different lessons and spend time opening them individually? Is your bookmarks bar cluttered or do you drop hyperlinks into your presentations and then wait for them to open? Wouldn't it be great if you can open all your web pages in just a couple of clicks? Well, you can. When creating a bookmark, there's an option to make a folder. So while researching a lesson or topic, you can save bookmarks into one place using the wonderful Control D. Here's the magic. If you right-click a folder and select Open All, guess what? All bookmarks in that folder open in new tabs ready for your lesson. So when you're planning, use Control D and make a new folder. When you want them, all sites can almost instantly be on your screen and ready to go. Those shortcuts again. Control D to bookmark, Shift Control B for the bookmarks bar, and right click Open All to open all bookmarks in a folder. If on a Mac, replace Control with Command. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. I um, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. It sounds fabulous. I'd love to be able to have all my bookmarks in a folder and they all open up. Um, brilliant, brilliant tips. I'm gonna try. I will try. <laughs> yes. Okay, Nikki. Um, we are back and mm. we are still in Portugal. And you stay. You stayed in Portugal for twenty years. About twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So I. 
Um, I worked at the school I was talking about earlier. Um, and then I opened my own school um, with my friends. Um, and that's still running today. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that was a whole new experience as well, being a school owner. Um, so, yeah, I feel I've been very lucky. I've done lots and lots of different things in um, ELT. And continue to do lots of different mm. things. I mean, now um, now you're in Australia. How did, how did you make the change from Portugal to Australia? Yeah, so um, I... It was a love story. I fell in love and I came to Australia. Um, and I am a materials writer. That's what I do here. I um, full-time um, materials writer, um, which, which I'd, in fact, I'd started in Portugal. Um, so I co-authored um, with three other um, girls we were then. Um, a primary course for, that was specifically for Portugal um, called Hula Hoop. And it actually ended up being um, a, a shortlisted for one of the Eltons. Awards. Oh, wow. So that was, that was really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I came to, to Australia and I've carried on doing uh, materials writing. Yeah. You, but you're not just a materials writer. You do lots of no, other interesting things. <laughs> so examining. Um, yeah. So I work for, the, um, for Cambridge Assessment um, as an examiner. Um, and I'm also... Um, for anyone listening who knows the structure of the speaking exams, there's a group of speaking examiners that are uh, organized by a team leader. And then uh, it's very hierarchical. And above the team leaders is the professional support leader. And that's what I am. Um, so I'm responsible for the speaking examiners for um, the region, which is Australia. Uh, this is me. This is where you, I'm, I'm really <laughs> jealous. <laughs> so, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and New Caledonia. Um, and Papua New Guinea, but there are no exams there. I know it sounds horrible, doesn't it? The thing is, Just... it has been horrible during COVID and being unable to travel. <laughs> Because obviously those places are places to visit. <laughs> Absolutely. And you need to go regularly and, mm, and make sure mm. everyone's on track. Correct. Um, yes. um, in, in Italy, we have a slightly different hierarchy. We have um, regional team leaders and mm. then we have a PSL. And I'm a regional team leader. So uh, when I when I saw you, your, your area, I have Calabria and Sicily, although I love... I love Calabria and I love Sicily, particularly for the food. But mm -hmm. um, I don't get to go anywhere exotic like Fiji. I know, or I know. Fiji is so exotic, isn't it? It's hands down exotic. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you're from. You're very, great. very lucky. Yeah. And, um, and I'm totally sympathetic to your not being able to, to travel mm. because um, I haven't seen my parents for two years. Mm. And... and mm. Um, you know, it, it it's really, really tough. Um, it is. It is. Absolutely. It's, and, um, yeah, it's a long, long time when you're on the other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you would normally way. come back, come over yeah. to Europe regularly. Yeah. So I usually, um, you know, in normal life, um, like <laughs> 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 I go back to Europe um, once a year, you know, to see my parents, to see my family, to see my friends, and also to go to the IATEFL conference, um, which is something I feel I've also missed out on, um, mm. not having that um, 
face-to-face contact with colleagues uh, that you only see once a year and for the rest of the year you see online. But, um, yeah, if, if I manage to get to Belfast, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so exciting to see <laughs> lots and lots of people. Um, yeah, so eye travel for me is really important. It always has been. Um, well, you're part of, part. Um, of, of MORSIG. Yeah, the now team I'm on there. the yep. Mor- Morsig committee, um, yep. but I used to be on a YLT SIG um, mm-hmm. committee, and I was joint coordinator um, for a couple of years um, as well. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. So it's it's I've always loved um, the involvement um, of IATFL and. Yeah, the energy, the IATFL energy, it's great. Yes, and we've and then now there's Alex is mm. a vice president. I'm I so happy to hear that. It's um, so good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. And she's she's agreed to come and 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 talk <laughs> on the radio yeah. show as well. So Fantastic. that's a double win. Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, amazing. Another amazing yeah. journey. I mean, your journey has been extraordinary. Um, where do you see yourself? Or oh, you don't like crystal balls, but where do you see yourself no. in five years? Would you see? Yeah, oh. it's a good question. It's a good question. I don't know. Um, maybe doing more to support small school owners because um, I think I've got a lot of experience um, and that I can help at the you know the pedagogical level. Um, yeah. that's what I'm um, kind of working towards and to continue obviously doing you know all of the other things that I do but um, that's something I just I think I'd like to develop a bit more. Uh, well there's so. definitely there's definitely a need for that um, and I can I, I saw that you wrote um, some you, you wrote some of the modules for CELP mm, preparation mm, I did, yeah. and there yeah. was a, um, an announcement I, it hasn't been confirmed but there was an announcement that maybe CELP and, and CELT are going to be shelved, which I think is a real shame. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it didn't replace the the Young Learners Extension, but um, it was a good resource for for teachers. Yeah. Absolutely, and, absolutely, yeah. and that's exactly what teachers need is um, support, um, mm. especially if they find themselves teaching young learners. Yes, mm. <laughs> and primary in particular, primary, which yeah, is yeah. yeah, yeah, the lower end uh, and kindergarten as well. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's a um, it's an area that needs they need you need continuous support as well. Yeah, definitely. So not just um, not fly well. in, fly out. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And perhaps you could just tell me a little bit about now. What projects are you working on? Um, so at the moment, um, I'm actually working on my website and trying to get that um, up and running and making it um, accessible and that there are things that make people want to go there. Um, so that's, and that's actually a really fun thing to do. Um, mm. It's working on my business or in my business. Um, yeah. Um, that important one that we never do. Um, so yeah, uh, rather than just you know working and meeting deadlines, so I'm doing I'm doing that, and I'm going to be doing that um, right up until the end of this year mm-hmm. um, to get that up and running and being more visible on social media as well. Yeah. yeah. 
it's um it's becoming um more and more uh, relevant important um and also i think for you it's really important mm. because you do such fantastic things and people need to know about that <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> all the way um, at the bottom of the world <laughs> um i yeah i'm i'm I would love to be there. Mm. <laughs> we could we could do a teletransport and swap we places could. for a couple yeah, of days. That, that would be really so nice. Cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you're cool. working on yourself, and you've got mm. um, you've got training plans. Are, are you yeah. still writing? Doing yeah, writing I've got a couple materials? of writing projects coming up um, in the new year as well. Um, so that's going to be good. Gonna yeah, be really that good. was quite an interesting. Um, for a writer, I think um, COVID um, caused well, caused a bit of um, a stir in definitely. in terms of, of certainly book sales. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. As um, yeah, I mean, I I was affected as I'm sure many other people were. You know, with having projects pulled, pulled. You know, through nervousness, um, people not really knowing, and you know, our children going to need books and do they need the kind of books that we've been printing up until now and you know obviously the answer is probably no um because you have to be ready at any moment to go online um i think that's the big um, exactly the digital change yeah yeah but (laughs) i don't know i have an 11 year old and i really don't think I mean, I can see the difference now that he's back at school. Um, they need books. They mm, they don't sure. need devices. They just – and they need social interaction. So I don't I, – I can I agree that some, um, some, some things should be online. Mm, um, mm. Things like Google Classroom is yeah, amazing absolutely. and you can access everything and Fantastic. I hope that we'll continue to use it. But yeah. um, I wouldn't want to see books replaced by um, – no. By electronic versions. No, not at all. Um, but I think there has to be both produced. Um, yes. So there's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there can ever be, you know, the scramble um, again. Um, and I don't think anybody wants to scramble again no. <laughs> um, as, you know, we did at the beginning. Like, oh, my goodness, everything has to go online. <laughs> you know, if it's set up now and we know um, – and that, that can happen. I was listening to, um, I was chatting to an editor about a conversation with design people for course mm. books. And I just found it fascinating because they now look at the book and say, right, um, those colors aren't good because if it's projected on a screen and, um, you know, you can't have mixing, you know, you need strong colors and mm. all these considerations that, um, I never thought about um, no, and now are now part of you know publishing a book they have to think of everything and all the the different ways um, students and teachers will be looking at them that's um, which, absolutely which I yeah. found yeah. I found yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but how it's can really you think of that it's, isn't it? yeah. it's really really interesting yeah and then add into that you know um fonts and colors have to take into consideration children with special educational needs um some fonts are better some colors are better there's so much that goes into um the production and i i find it magical when there's the transformation from you know a word document to the end product i think it's 
absolutely fun, phenomenal the work that the designers do. It mm. really is, yeah. Um, super important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, right. A uh, couple of questions about you. Mm. Okay. Nikki, um, what is your favourite word? Oh, my favourite word. Fantastic. Probably. I think that's a word I use a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And is there, I know, I know that you're good at everything, um, mm. absolutely everything. Um, is there anything you're not good at? Um, oh, goodness, this is a difficult question. Of course, there are things I'm not good at. I'm not good at playing football. <laughs> I'm not good at shooting a basket. Um, uh, so maybe you're like me. I miss that. Um, I think there's a – isn't there like an age where um, you develop eyeball coordination? <laughs> and and some people it get it. Yeah. <laughs> some people get it because, you know, someone was throwing a ball at them from a very young age right. and then other people didn't. And so there is that. That's me. I, I can't <laughs> – I'm not yeah. good at any ball games. So <laughs> – yeah, no, I re used to really enjoy tennis, but I don't play that now. Um, yeah, no, um, of course there are things I'm not good at. I had not prepared an answer to that question. That's that right. arrogant, no, no, no. doesn't it? Um, no. No, I'm all. not good at wrapping presents. That's what I – I'm rubbish at wrapping Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stepdaughter's. It's horrible. I hate it. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. Oh, I've got some uh, – comment from Mal she said I'm the person that always gets hit in the face by a ball <laughs> Mal I'm sorry thank you, <laughs> thank you for joining um if you're a type of food what food would you be oh uh, 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 what would I be um probably a smoothie um with you have lots of different flavors <laughs> <laughs> and colorful okay. as well lots of different bright fruits yeah yes that's what yeah. i'd be mm. that 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 sort of matches your sparkle um approach to life which is um yeah. which is pretty incredible um if you had a superpower what would it be it would be to teletransport to Europe and sit at um, tables with friends and with my parents. Yeah, that's what I would really like to do, not have to get on a long-haul flight, 24 hours. Yeah, that's what my superpower would be. Do you, yeah, not, do you, in, you don't enjoy the long-haul flights? Oh, I do. I do. Mm. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, it's lovely. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Films, uh, films for 24 hours. Fantastic. I know. Yeah. yeah no, and great. you don't have to think about anything. You, exactly, yeah. You just yeah. sit there and someone brings you food and you just have to decide which which yeah. film you're going to watch. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's all you have to decide. Yeah, no, totally. Mm. But if I, if I, at this precise moment, it's obviously a very 2021-based answer. Um because I haven't been able to travel. To travel. Um, yeah. yeah no. I hope, um, I hope it, things, things do start to pick up mm. and, um, and that we, we do eventually get out. I, I actually went and had my, I had my third dose last night. Um, okay. And I was really surprised to see, one, there was 
an enormous queue. There were hundreds and hundreds of people um, yeah. who were, uh, and th- but there were a lot of people who were getting their first dose. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, but where have you guys yeah. been? What have you been doing for a year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hurry up. Um, it was really surprising. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What is the vac- vaccination situation there? I think, we're, I think we're pretty high. I think we're about to hit. So, Queen, so we're in different um, states, obviously. So Queensland are um, bringing their um, open borders policy forward by a week because they've hit their target. I think New South Wales is due to hit its target next next week. I think we've mm-hmm. got um, so yeah. Um, we we now we're going really well. Um, we were ahead of the game, like we didn't have any COVID, and we didn't think we needed any vaccines. Um, and now we've you know, and then we got we had a horrible horrible winter. Um, Melbourne, Sydney, horrible, horrible. Cold um, and very, very wet. Yeah, and lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And, um, yeah, it was it was miserable. Um, I did personally didn't experience it, but um, if you were in the city, in those cities, it was miserable. Um, my, yeah, my family's in, yeah, as in, my family's in Melbourne, so they, yeah, they experienced several. <laughs> anyone who's been in Europe, it's, um, I know it's just been horrible. Um, yeah. So no, no, in Australia we're all pretty much vaccinated, which is great. I mean, obviously there are places that have a lower vaccination rate, but it's going by state. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're on track. I think is best. So. Good, and I hope that there's a, a a plan to to live with it rather than try and mm. eradicate mm. it, because I think Australia spent a lot of time doing that, and mm-hmm. I don't know how beneficial it was really um because it's i mean yeah. covid's going to be around for a while i think was it looking at the um the spaniola they said it that was mm. about three or four years yeah, um, yeah yeah look for us you know it it did seem very abstract you know at the beginning it wasn't happening here oh i know and so it did <laughs> seem like a very you know, far removed idea. You know, we yes, you can watch the news. Yes, you know people who've got it, but it's not the same as seeing your own local hospital full um, mm. and overflowing. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not sure, you know, m- many of us, I, I mean, I haven't seen that here, um, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, once we've had big lockdowns here, it's, it's made a difference. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow, incredible. Um, well, Nikki, um, <laughs> I, I could keep, we could keep going. I could keep talking for, for another hour <laughs> if you want to. Um, really, thank you, you so much for, for, um, for talking to me today. Thank I'm you. talking to everybody today. Um, people are sending, Seema says you've got fan, that, your choice of superpower is excellent. Um, and Seema like the show. Yeah, we've got quite a few likes. Yeah, Mal. Oh, Mal, Mal with the ball. <laughs> Goodness yeah, me. Mal. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I can totally sympathise with Mal. I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> Just avoid, avoid, avoid volleyball and, and netball and all those kind mm, of sports because mm, they're just mm, not mm, for me. But I'm happy that my my littlest is actually he's really into basketball and I can oh, see cool. that he can shoot a hoop. So 
it's important it's important right i think you need to be able to do that in life yeah (laughs) so you don't come on a radio show and say you couldn't ever do that (laughs) well um yeah no i mean if i could have a superpower probably be like be able to wolf whistle because i just think that Mm. that's really cool i've got a friend who can do it and so if we need a taxi Mm. she does that and it's like wow yeah i've been envious of her for about 30 years Uh, okay um i um thank you so much for um for coming and um it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you um i'm just going to um play a quick advertisement Mm -hmm. and then i'll get back to um i'll end the show but i'll I'll talk about what's going to happen next week um, or I could so probably much. do that now, actually, Nikki. Next week we're speaking to I'm speaking to Rachel Roberts, who I believe you know quite well too. Yeah. Um, and she's going to be talking about the teenage brain. So mm. um, that would be um, be quite interesting. Mm. Um, thank you <laughs> again, and um, I I hope to, I I don't think I'll be able to make Ayatafel because. Unfortunately, the way the dates have, have mm. moved. Um, but if I do get a chance, I hope to meet up with you at okay. <laughs> IATFL. Yes, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. And um, um, wonderful talking to you, wonderful person, amazing career, and um, and really good luck with everything. We we'll look forward Thank to seeing you. your website and all the surprises that it will it will hide. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <have>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jane. Thank Take you. care. Um, and, and thank you, Nikki. Bye. Thanks. Um. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, Visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Um, thank you, everyone, for, for joining me. And thank you very much to Nikki Joseph for joining me this morning. Um, I hope to see you all next week. Um, and as I mentioned, I'll be talking to Rachel Robert about the teenage brain. Rachel Roberts about the teenage brain. Um, I'm going to go and get a big glass of water. Uh, thank you again for listening, and I'll I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.